With me on the Collaborate Talk Show is Cyrus Brocha, TV anchor, theater personality, comedian, political satirist, columnist, podcaster, author, and prankster. What we are going to explore in a serious yet amusing and at times hilarious manner is how giggles don't just survive but thrive. So some background, when I called up Cyrus, told him over the show, he was happy to do it. I said, uh, can I have your photograph? He said, I just take something from the internet. So we took something from the internet, as you can see yeah. it up there. What a horrible picture. Right? But it's genetics. Yeah. So, You're not to blame. No. Or the lighting. So, so, what kind of so, idiot pulls a face like that and puts two thumbs up? There must be a reason which I can't remember. No, no. But, the uh, other one is even worse than this. So yeah, we I'm sure. Two. One was this uh, and the other one. That's that. why I, I wanted to torture you. I said, go on the internet, find these ugly pictures <laughs> no, and suffer. Yeah. There was also another reason, Cyrus, because I had to look a little better than you, at least attempt to. So then you had to look a little off so that I can look a little better. And that's me pointing at the t-shirt and the logo. I'm doing the best I can. I'm naked. I haven't cut my hair. Hair's unkempt. I haven't brushed my teeth. Uh, you've got the best photos. Don't worry about it. You've got a godfather behind you also. I can I've see got the big man behind me. We should be safe. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, then I said, told Cyrus, okay, I need a, you know your profile to uh, introduce you. So he said, listen, there's a lot on the internet. There's a lot of shit on the internet. Just get something and you know put it up. So no, no, I Dominic, uh, can I just interrupt yeah. your may I speak yeah. for yeah, a sec? Yeah, uh, just you yeah. know, the, it's yeah, it's yeah. very embarrassing. I'll tell you why. This goes back to when I worked with MTV back in the nineties when I started and all that. And then we started doing some events. Uh, so they would ask for a background, and you know, I didn't have a mobile phone. I only got one about four years ago. And so my mother used to take a lot of the calls. I had no manager, nothing. And so so you know, she decided some event person said, "Can you give me his background?" And she gave some four, which I didn't know till I come on stage. My mother, as all mothers do, wrote one whole bloody uh, thesis, starting with at four he won the potato race in Fort oh. Standard. And, 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 and oh, I got come, all that. Yeah, yeah, I got I, all that. The, the, the anchor was, you know, the anchor was reading it out, and I'm standing there holding a mic in my hand, feeling like a moron. I mean, after 15 minutes, she had reached my eighth birthday. You know, I mean, it was going nowhere. So I'm very <laughs> skeptical about these intros because unless you're frigging, you know, Virat Kohli or, you know, Amitabh Bachchan or, you know, top of the or line. Dominic Kostabir, or Dominic Kostabir. Or Dominic Kostabir. Literally yeah. the top three names that would come to one's head. Then it's one Correct. thing. But otherwise, if it's just another two-bit, half a paisa celebrity, out-of-work actor, it's just embarrassing because they keep uh, looking at each other and say, oh, con hai, con hai, con hai. You know, it's just a waste <laughs> of time. So so please don't do all that because I think no, myself so, is I've already got a surprise for you. So my research and analytic woman, R-A-W. Wow. Okay. This, when this they is, did some research and this just came out wrong again. Yeah. yeah. So she put it up, uh, put it up on the screen for me. And I said, there's a lot over here. And it goes, actually goes back to when you were in the fifth standard or something like that. So I said, wow, this is a nice thing to do because you refuse to give me your, uh, your uh, profile. You also refuse to even plan one question. You said, surprise me. Let's have fun. So here's the surprise for you. So I'm going to be introducing Cyrus uh, one paragraph. Looks like time. you really have some goodness now. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I'm going to introduce you one paragraph at a time and ask for Fair your enough. take from the gig side, you know, from the freelance side. So uh, Cyrus was born on 7th August. I'm not going to tell you the era. Okay. To a Parsi father and a Catholic mother. Hey, Bangladesh was created around the same time. Uh, if, if anybody oh, wants to know which year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay I could have been yeah. called Bangladesh. This was on the options. Yeah. Uh, but probably they were... <laughs> So there's there's somebody who's posted 1970s. Yeah, that's when Bangladesh happened. But Cyrus 71. Happened. Bangladesh yes, happened 71. He doesn't know his war. No, no. no Listen, no. the pre Seven present government won't like that. He doesn't know which year we fought what war. Huh? Go on, go on, go on. Okay, Sorry. But maybe you were conceived in 70. Uh, you were born in 71. Well, that's simple mathematics, right, bro? You right, said 71 right. August. The guy can put his, uh, you know, that's eighth <laughs> month of the year. General science, you go into December. So, Sh shall I go and ask my mother the for, for the magic moment? So one of the things he did very early on was acted in a school play at the age of five. Now you started acting at age five. I started acting Six. much before that. But you are more famous than I am. So uh, you acted in this Emperor's New Clothes. And first of all, the Emperor's New Clothes, if I remember rightly, was no clothes, Correct. which is what you are wearing right now. No, no, but I was and a swindler. So there are two swindlers and there's okay. the Emperor. And they fool so him into wearing nothing as the new outfit. Correct. So you weren't the Emperor. I was, was one of the two swindlers. I was doing my thing. Okay. I was doing my thing even <laughs> then. I, I was full of bullshit. As insincere okay. as you can get. So now, yeah. now at the age of five, how did you like being on stage? And did you think you could make a career of it? Dominic, I had a very noble reason to pursue the fine arts, even as a young child. And that was the moment they announced that whoever wants to take part in the play gets to bunk class. 
Now tell me, is there a more noble reason than that? All the great no. artists were from no, Shakespeare downwards. No, tell there me. is another one. Tell uh, me. Women. Women. Well, I was five and it was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> genders were not very clear to me then. I you didn't know where to be to be to be honest. But uh, yeah, so that was the main thing. And also uh, now, now that you mentioned women, all the girls in the class would take part in the plays, the elocution debates, and all that. So uh, and all the most of the heterosexual boys and most of them were would not because they felt uncomfortable doing it. So actually, the best way to hang out with girls was to take the the arts. So I was initially ah, at least I, I was. So you had see you were trying to hide that fact from us. No, you reminded me. Because our wife is also online. See, there's always but be reasons for anything I've done. I know gig is all your thing and we have to find a way to that. But uh, I'm going to give you the Matlabi reason for everything as well. Because I feel without a Matlabi reason, you can't really you know, pursue anything. I'm the kind of doctor, if I was a heart specialist, I think, you know, I wouldn't want to operate until the person gives me a good enough motivation, which would be hard cash sometimes, but or maybe something else. Or maybe something else. I won't get into that and spoil the profession. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was fun. And I, I think it's very important, the first impression you get uh, when you do anything, especially something in a public uh, domain, even sports for that matter, the first football game you played, if you scored a goal, uh, and you know, you... If you, you scored. It, it, yeah, you just you get that self-esteem bump and then, you know, it's in your blood. I think lots of people, that, that that impressionable first thing is very important. So the play went very well because the parents, being parents, they just encourage you. It must, must, must have been atrocious. The acting must have been so... Because I then have sat through so many kids' plays. My children uh, both, you know, grew up <laughs> and I was one of those... I couldn't bear those plays. And I'm thinking how bad we must have been. They must be infinitely better and they're still horrible. You know, and then you have to pretend to like everybody else's other kids. So the acting skills of the parents are also, you know, tested. Um, but uh, having said that, I enjoyed it. You get a lot of applause, a lot of, you know, you, you get your moment in the sun and all this. I don't know. Can't exactly remember clearly everything, but yeah, it was fun. And in the end, they but gave us a little you, certificate. Would you say you decided? Would you say you decided to get into acting sort of, you know, because you enjoyed it at that age? Uh, what about stage fright? What about uh, anything that you overcame at that time? I don't think I had much of stage fright because a bit of ADD uh, problem in any case. So anything that breaks the mon mundaneness of being in a classroom, you know, being at a rehearsal, moving around, talking, fighting, arguing, all that, so it's much more fun. Uh, so yeah, I can't remember stage fright though. No, no, I think I'm a bit of an exhibitionist. You're mistaking me for Kunal, my friend. He's the introvert, I'm the extrovert. I get, I try to explain to people we're very different because they think we're very similar. Like he's an angry old man and he's not really people friendly and I am. So uh, this was not a... So that's the match you'll have. That's why you'll make a pair. No, I think whether actor or not, I would have been that jerk in, in the in the office, I must have been, who wants to talk all the time and, you know, tries to have his voice heard or at the water fountain, you know, tries to give his stupid jokes or philosophy about life, which sometimes is stupid jokes. So I think that it's an extension of that. Uh, okay, so now I've got one question for you. You see, uh, which is not from the CVA. Okay, I'm breaking away from the CV and the, the planned script that we had. See, the, uh, you do a lot of self-depreciating humor, which is very refreshing in this era where everybody's trying to boost themselves and show their ego and you're always putting yourself down, which is really refreshing, right? So, uh, why do you do that? That's and a, how does that's it... a cat. You know, that's a trick question, Dominic. You, you, you've played me well here. Okay, because now how I answer this question, you will show my sincerity. No, see, see, <laughs> completely. I, I, I'll tell you what, what I want, Cyrus. Because it's yeah. not just you and me, right? There are people listening and there are people who are enamored by these egoistical buffoons, right? And they also aspire that, you know, they probably think that the more egoistical you are, the more respect you get. So could you, uh, could you just not be Cyrus for a minute and tell us uh, yeah, but... the, the flip side of it? No, I think I think we're suddenly going off point. I think you have to be true to your yourself. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of Hamlet, and I I like to quote Hamlet a lot because one of the greatest lines in literature is "To thy own self be true." You know, his uncle's speech, and to thy own self be true is very important. So if that's your thing, and you want to boost, you know, if arrogance is your thing, and that's your way of, you know propagating yourself or whatever. I'm okay with it. As long as it's a sincere from yourself effort. Because some people are, ah, can I use bad language? I love that. Some people are actually the word that rhymes with boots and begins with C. Uh, but that's okay if that's what they really are. <laughs> no, no, one, one so second, one second. Saying, but they're, so but they're talented. Let, let, let's just say for a second, they're talented singer, for example. Let's say Pavarotti. Okay, let me give you an example. I don't know any uh, singers of today. But let's just say there's one, Altaf Raja is a really ba badly behaved singer, which he's not. He's a really nice guy. Uh, but he's really talented. But that, that talent comes with his, with his, okay, Larry David, if you know your comedy, is known to be a bit of an idiot. David Letterman, known to be very badly behaved on set. But they're superb talents. So that, you know, that, that, that that's there. Okay. On the other hand, they have Jimmy Fallon, who's loved by his crew. You know, he's very nice to people and all that. So I don't, I don't think that's a big point. 
I just think people have to be true to themselves, and then they, they go forward doing what they do and not worry about success or failure or anything. Because I think that ties into what little note you gave me, which is when you're true to yourself, it really doesn't matter because you'll always be you. So you actually always, you know, your self-esteem never really crumbles. Of course, you get a little upset here and there, but I think generally, if you're true to yourself, you'll be okay. Whether you become the greatest actor or CEO or you entrepreneur or startup man or whatever, it, you know, that's actually that's just details. Got it. So you're saying that self-depreciation is part of yourself. I mean, it's, you're being true to yourself. It's I, not an act. No, no. I think I can be quite a loudmouth also. But um, I don't know. You know, I mean, I really don't think of myself as someone who's achieved anything. At the end of the day, what am I going to talk about? Five TV shows and a couple of plays and stupid stand-up stuff and LOL on Amazon and, you know, I mean, a few movies. It's not really, you know, not Humphrey Bogart, you know, Elvis Presley. You know, people <laughs> I grew up on thinking of as great. You know, you're great. You're just not a joker who's struggling. So you've got to put it in perspective. You know, but people are nice. Sometimes they're really nice. And if your name is bandied about in the, in, on the internet or in the old days in print or whatever, they just... You know, it's, it's just publicity and then people think you're somebody, but very often it doesn't match with the deeds, you know, so that, so I just want to remember that luckily my family is horrible. I come home, they treat me really badly. <laughs> you know, Dominic, I, I met Bill Clinton in 2001, okay, and he's the head of the UN AIDS uh, chapter, he and Nelson Mandela were the chairpersons, and it was a big deal and we MTV uh, India was sent because Asia and Africa were more involved than anybody else and we had 40 kids from Asia and Africa with all the bad countries, bad as in the AIDS, HIV AIDS uh, potential countries, Understood. you know, and like yeah. Botswana, Rwanda were really bad at that moment, and also Asia, India was an unknown continent. So I was the moderator. It was a great honor. And with Bill Clinton, and there was a big rehearsal, blah, blah. And so I, I won't tell you the, whole, the lots of stories there. But when I came back home, I was full of myself. My chest was out because Bill Clinton called me by my first name and we're chatting and all that, you know. And so I come home and I put my bag back and I go and have a bath. And my mom then comes out and meets me. And I say, Mom, Bill Clinton calls your son Cyrus. So she said, Did you put the geezer off, you idiot? And she rushed in and, you know, and, and I hadn't, one of my, you know, but that just cuts you down to size, you know, because you own, you're marching around the airport thinking, but nobody knows or cares. You, know, you think I'm a little guy from Mulba Hill and the president of the United States of America, you know, knows me by name. And he actually, you know, Bill Clinton, if I can just digress, is one of those, he and Shah Rukh are very similar. I'll tell you why. They're very intelligent with people. He knew the names of every president. He researched everything. He studied like a like an academic. He came there, and when I started speaking to him, he spoke about India. He spoke about India flawlessly. Mentioned all the names of the president, prime minister, home minister, this, that, and the other figures, facts. I was stunned. And uh, he made a very funny and caustic comment. He said, "How can a country with one billion uh, people, uh, you know, uh, not want to talk about sex? Because apparently every politician he went to would not want to talk about sex. They were uncomfortable. So he said, after some time, I couldn't take it anymore. You have one billion people. No, maybe maybe because sex. it was Bill Clinton. Maybe because it was Bill Clinton, they were worried about maybe, talking I didn't about it. I, I wouldn't say. Dominic, there were 40 guards, seven foot two inch average size around. You have no idea. They, they had these big uh, Rottweilers and German Shepherds everywhere. Although I'm a dog lover, nobody was friendly. Mm. Yeah, anyway, my, my, my point is, so they just, I come home and they cut me down to size and, you know, it's like that. Oh, there's so many okay. great moments. Oh, sorry, go on. So now, I'm going back to the uh, uh, the uh, raw wing that has sent me your CV. So when, when, when you were 12, apparently you acted, uh, acted in this Hindi film, right? You remember it, Jalwa? I think 13, yeah. Jalwa, okay, so that's I right. was 12, starring along Nasruddin Shah and... Uh, you also did a play, Achana. the Brighton Beach. No, memoir. I did that first. So I did, I did okay, the play did first, course. and then because because Pankaj uh, Parashar and Nasir came to watch, they, they, both of them being theatre addicts, and Nasir being a motley crew and all, no, what is this thing called, motley crew? But he used to put up a lot of plays, right? He still does. Right, he's, so yeah, very yeah. connected. So he wanted fresh faces and all. They saw the play, which is Neil Simon's uh, biography, or uh, in three parts. The first part. So to cut a long story short, they came to the play and they, you know, without checking out bad so minds. By the way, did they come to check you out at the play? I mean, no, I don't know. They, I don't think they did that because they, how, there was no great publicity. I think they just went to see. You went to see everything, and they liked uh, of, of just a new face. I think I couldn't think of anything else. Uh, the only thing is they cast so, me as a drug addict, and I have really fat cheeks. I didn't look like I suffered a day. You know, you're not your typical, you know, uh, very skinny, uh, you know, sort of hurt, uh, fragile looking. I look like one healthy, fattish, oaf, but whatever. It was a great experience. To cut a long story short, you look like a Goen. I do. I, I'm yeah, proud to be. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, so sorry. Coming back to the play and the movie, the press then hailed you as a, pride, a child prodigy, right? Now, I'm guessing if I was hailed as a child prodigy, 
things would go to my head so did at that time things go to your head and uh, how oh, did you speaking of it? the english world of 11 people uh, from both my communities largely at that point and it's not really that you know it's not like you've conquered the west end or you know uh, lit up broadway um but my mother my parents you know we used to swim as well so everything we did all the cuttings were kept in an album it's quite embarrassing especially when they have things like uh, third place butterfly 25 meters just your name is mentioned but you know it's all <laughs> kept there so similarly these some of the critics i think you got, got to understand as you grow older you realize i'm not going to be self deprecating but when you're like young um everybody's on your side you know you're new you're innocent you know so nobody says bad things anymore you know which i'm really sad about i wish they would because some of the child actors are horrible and should be shot um but coming back to my own thing i think they're just very kind because of that so there's a certain innocence with a 13 14 year old and so you don't you know really rubbish him uh, in the same breath as you would the big heroes and actors etc etc so i think i got away uh, in many places being the, the young guy around and so you know was molly cuddled kid gloves okay. So now the the when you uh, besides okay let's keep the press out you obviously got paid for this right when you worked out there so you get cash. the money cash don't right? tell anyone huh. okay no i'm not telling anyone and no one in maybe this, not uh, cash know, i can't remember yeah but anyway no you can't remember i wanted to know what was done with the cash did you did it you know you want to blow it up did your parents say blow it up or did they teach you to save it okay so uh, my parsi father has got very strong middle class values with all this from the first 100 rupees i got from a pearl pramsi play at 13 or whatever the hell age i was uh, i said but they would put it in an envelope you see all very civilized people in the english theater envelope name written on it all that but only 100 rupees but this is back in the 80s so it's probably what 1000 rupees now i don't know i can't even figure the moment yeah. i came in he took the check uh, he took the money so and he kept that practice going all the time so whatever i got uh, until i got married and she started taking the checks they would collect it and whatever invest it and i mean it wasn't that much money but they did what they did uh, so yeah so the quite, money was always always handled carefully is what you're saying yeah what happened is as i became a teenager and started drinking alcohol i needed that money to drink so then i would but i'm you know, guessing you didn't finish it No, no, no! It wasn't that much. The theater money was very bad, but we used to use that to drink. And 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 what we would do is we were very creative. I, I'm sure not just us, the people all over the world. Ah, uh, so we would uh, chase our beer with uh, vodka to save money. For example, I knew all the tricks of how to save money and get drunk fast. I also knew how to get girls drunk fast, but it never worked. And I tried so hard, bro, so hard. I wish I one day I should be respected for that. I tried to get the girls wherever we had parties. I, I tried to get the girls shots. I invented this thing called babushka, where you put vodka and then you you light it and then you 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 flambe it. Then you put a little bit of salt and nimbu and you know it was very exotic and fantastic and all the girls loved it. But some of the other, I would have five by the time anybody had one. And so I was always flat on my back and you know it didn't work. But the but the spirit was in the right place. Trying to get. Yeah. Why do we? I can, I can see. I can see. Yeah. No, I don't know. You wanted to, but any always noble thoughts. Always noble thoughts. Yeah. What I've realized. With you. Hedonism is not far behind. Okay. So how did MTV happen? And I'm guessing MTV would have paid you a lot more than let's say theater did, right? Yeah. So, they want. Uh, MTV so happened. Happen? MTV happened in '96. I um, I think that at that time they wanted to relaunch MTV and they wanted Indian faces. so they went about looking at the same you know the audition that i did was very really strange because everybody they had accents indian guys with accents like some of them were genuine accents some were put on accents and they were all really good looking men types you know i was the only guy i'm always like badly dressed so i thought there's no chance in hell i'm in the wrong place let's get this over with the one good thing is they did this great test where they put a teleprompter on and then they shut it in the middle so that they catch you off guard tell you to continue but the, the oh, one good thing your good thing that was a good thing for i you. was struggling with the reading i was reading <laughs> like you know uh, red hot chili peppers were a group that started on the west coast and he's okay tell me about band ho gaya abhi kuch bolo kuch bolo you have to kill time you have to kill time so i said great and i just went to narsimha rao for 5 minutes it was a bit of stand up i was like i'm so glad i don't have to read i can keep talking i don't care but i just couldn't read and even now teleprompter reading for those who don't do it well it's very easy to see because especially fast talkers like me you just get caught out you know because your rhythm's gone completely my good friend kunal is very good because he can he goes at a slower pace so here's a trick if you're doing teleprompter work practice reading It, you think it's easier in many ways it's not because you just don't want to remember so you know it's there but it actually kills your heart and you can't you can't go at the pace you want to okay now coming to a very critical question did at any time you were told to take up respectable employment and i'm and i'm uh, hitting you here respectable employment like really? out of this you know this gig work and this 
it's a very important yeah. question because i come from that same middle class upbringing of the 80s and 90s where uh, all our parents would say the same thing you know you've got to get your mba you've got to get your engineering degree you got you got to join the family business and just finish everything or, or you know you got to get law and in some more slightly more respectable houses there would be phd's and things like that but it was very clear education in middle class urban india was very clear in the 80s and 90s so all this was a hobby and i still had my law college seat right up till the first year of mtv but they sent me to the northeast and uh, to shoot things and i went to lovely shillong and you know assam and all these places and that took a long time via delhi so i missed some classes i actually i think i missed an exam so i had to give the year again so then i went from glc to kc where kc college at that time was very neat there was a guy a pure thank you mary there was she doesn't like the idea of me going to kc college uh, and you know you could give him in those days you could give a little money to him and he would sign your name and you don't actually attend college so i still kept my seat and i do remember there was a 44 year old major and he he took every note down and i told him sir aap itna you know uh, uh, what do you call it itna josh junoon ke sath padhai kar raha hai kyun because all of us were loafers whenever you attended you not even listening and he said beta you wait till you're my age you get a chance to learn at 44 you will take every word seriously and now when i think about it i i do i do feel sometimes i wonder because i really like history for example and if i had enough money i would just give up everything and study history you know i would be that major guy you know and we thought he was weird at that point because sitting there in his army fatigues and taking down every note but now i do understand it's almost like you're too immature to learn when you're young and you got to wait no, so so the point being when you were skipping your education was there was the hell to pay for in the family no, so initially my dad family, my dad friends. was very worried because uh, he said how long will this last you know what do we who what do our parents know about music television for god's sake your know, son behaving like a moron on it you know i mean he didn't have much faith so there was a lot yeah there was a lot of worry but um, you know what happens i started earning more than him in my first year and he's a respectable lawyer and when i started earning more than him and he started seeing the checks coming in and we started our pagar system and then he realized and i have a two year contract or a three year contract so he started breathing easy in the sense that he he wanted to invest the money because he kept thinking it's going to end very fast uh whatever i guess i mean who, who, our generation had no idea to be honest and you said end very fast were there any dry spells where you didn't have earnings no i actually worked with mtv from april 96 to 2010 uh, may or something without a break so i i always had that and in fact i had to let go of a lot of work because i was like a government servant working with mtv and for many years i i did a lot of the work like you know i just did more than i should have especially what you guys don't know about is marketing visits cable operator visits which many of the cable operators were like gundas and gangsters so after sending maria and nafisa and malaika to these places and having horrendous stories with these really strange men guess who mr friendly has to go to meet uh mr friendly had to go everywhere mr friendly north south east west beat the gangsters sit with them give them whiskey I mean, there was a very important war that we fought to win the cable operators over at that point and get our tv channel on you know in the north in the south in the east you know cal etc so you were strategically involved in it i mean so they made me just... do all that because they couldn't send the girls uh okay. maybe nikhil was too polished i don't know though i had to do all that you know I, when i look back i did a lot of leg work you know marketing staff press work go and meet the press go and talk to them you know go on stage and talk for 20 minutes because nobody's turned up uh, they made me work harder than i should have I'm, i need more money mtv if you're listening this is wrong yeah okay so we'll we'll we'll, we'll cut that out and we'll send it to mtv yeah but okay, they won't so care the, the, my people are all dead i don't know who who's running the channel oh farzad is there that's it one guy Yeah. Okay. So now, uh, just to tell the audience, because I can see, you know, people are getting uh, posting things to me one to one and stuff like that. I thought people are leaving. No, no. So you, I don't know about that. I'm not paying attention. I'm so engrossed with you. So you, we'll be opening the gates to questions from you all directly, and uh, you can unmute yourself and speak, or we will take questions from the uh, Q and A box that is up there. What is your uh, advice to the? Yeah. So we'll come to those. We'll come to okay. those. Uh, Uh, I'll follow your lead. Five, yeah. yeah, just give me five minutes more. You want me to mute? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the uh, now my uh, point here is at what stage in your gigging you these you could call them gigs or short contracts at what stage did you realize that boss I don't no, have no, to no, look no, for no, a full time. No, 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 no. One second, one second, one second. Dominic, one second. Let me correct you. So with MTV, okay. I we were uh, you know initially Sunil Lulla. Okay, I won't take names now because you know, nobody will know and then I'll just waste more time. Yeah. But the the, oh. the group that you know it was like Robin Hood and their merry men. So our first group in '96 were very thick, very strong, and we built this brand on our together in a sense. You know, although our bosses. 
has changed from time to time. Most of the VJs were together and all that. So it wasn't a sense of short-term contract. They were yearly contracts. In my in my case, I was lucky enough to get, I think, a three or four-year contract at one time and then like that. Uh, but it was not, uh, there was no insecurity. The only insecurity was towards the end because when people started calling me uncle, when I go to the college uh, to interview people, you know, I just thought that, you know, in fact, they were nice enough. Even when I told them, can I uh, do a short form four day contract in 2010 and only work four days, but I need to look at work outside because I'm too old for this thing and all that. They were very nice. They said, no, 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 please don't go. So it was a very good relationship. I had 15 wonderful years with MTV and I was never insecure about work in that sense. I let go. I remember film Masti came and the, uh, what's the name of the writer? young Gujarati boy, Milap Zaveri, they came to a Loveline set and, you know, wanted me to do the film and they didn't give me permission to do it because we had so many, so many other things that we were doing and he wanted... 30, they were going to cast you as a hero? They were going to cast oh, you no, as a hero? Uh, this film, Masti, which had finally they made Ritesh uh, Deshmukh a household name. So I could have been a millionaire instead of taking my small pagar from MTV. But anyway, that's another story. ESPN, I couldn't do that. They offered me a contract because I had MTV. So I let go of work. But I must say, I was very secure. I drank every Friday, attended every bar night. I remember, and you should never try this, bar in the car technology from Juhu, Urmila Matunkar shoot. Uh, we started drinking at 9.30 to reach Bombay Gym last order at 11.30. Drinking in the car, reached by 11.20, ordered 10 vodkas. And play the Beatles all night. Okay, so, so wait a minute. You're, you're, showing you off, remember. you're showing off. You're showing off about your drinking, but I gather you have stopped drinking. Stopped. Uh, so why aren't you telling us that? Yeah, because I, I'm an extreme personality. I went to a psychiatrist on Loveline. She explained everything to me. I drank too much. I misbehaved. I got. I went to lock up four times. Fights, brawls. I've urinated on people. You, you want to know my stories? You want to really no, no, <laughs> make no, them I happy? <laughs> So trust me, I, I quit the bottle. My daughter, my daughter grew up a little and said, "Dad, no more drinking." It was a force I couldn't uh, handle. I I accepted it, and now until she leaves the house, I can't drink. But I do remember there were good moments also. So no, what I'm trying to say is a really full life with MTV. It was a lot of fun. Lot of, coming I mean, to the MTV, coming yeah. to MTV, and one of the things that see, I've been in freelance also uh, for a lot of my career, right? Uh, but I never felt insecure. Now, I'm not going to go into me. I want to know from you, what gave you the sense of security or stability despite being in an insecure, so-called insecure environment where you can say, okay, five-year contract, but there'll always be a clause where they can end it, right? So, uh, what gave you that sense of security? Where did it come from? It, it wasn't like that. The thing is that we built this from the start. And I was part of that. I went to colleges. I went to principals. They didn't know who the hell we were. DAV Chandigarh is asking me, where is it? So I said, uh, you know, Cyrus Brochas, my producer, we're here to shoot uh, MTV. Oh, MTV, what So I said, sir, it's a music channel. Music? Gana bajata hai. I said, ha ha, gana or ed ed entertainment or education, dono ek Because we had to, you know, lie a little. Ah, theek hai, theek hai. So then he wanted to sing and he sang some KL Seigal song and we could not record it. And we had to look at, look at him and clap and all that, you know. The next thing I know, I'm talking to girls downstairs. Now they're normal girls and guys, and you know, and we're discussing life. They're all giggling, we're all having a great time. And it's MTV, so I'm asking them which is your favorite color underwear. Not exactly a me too question, you know. I'm just a favorite color underwear. And they're all giggling because you know, on that edgy thing where nobody talks like that or whatever. Word got to him, he came and chased us physically. He chased the cameraman and the camera people are very careful about the camera, the attendant holding it. And I remember Manisha, the producer, trying to talk to him because she speaks Punjabi, trying to calm him down. And I was like, okay, bro. And of course, all the kids were on our side and shouting and heckling him and all that was quite a quite a scene. So we, we did all that, you know. So because of doing all that, laying the foundation, I won't say I'm untouchable, but there was a certain, you know, confidence in the office because you're now very soon you were the veteran. Very soon, everybody else will, you know, they would treat you with treat you with a lot of reverence, including the corporate people. So maybe uh, no self-deprecating there, that's for sure. So one one just realized that we were like a team. We were like a, a tribe. Towards learning. What about your attitude towards learning? Did you did you feel you knew it all because you've been with uh, Padamsi and uh, you know obviously you dealt with Alec no, no, also? I, I'll tell you, I I think I'm really really, and I'm not being self-deprecating. Right place, right time. I would not not have made a video hunt, uh, VJ hunt. I've never been good looking enough. I don't know if I'd have reached the front or to be, you know, in roadies. I would have fallen off the bike if I tried to get on it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not that. I, I think there's a certain amount of people take everything too seriously. Music television is actually a bit of a farce, you know. And so I, I think I knew that. And so I enjoyed it from that perspective. A lot of people were very wound up about presenting and talking and whatever. So that I didn't have that problem. It was just fun because it's ridiculous. You're talking about music and nothing more. It wasn't, you know go to end anybody's life. It wasn't like you're, you're a statesman. Uh, that's uh, MTV calling, by the way. I won't be able to stop okay, that. But, uh, I'll have to get up. 
no uh, but uh, you want to take that call no it's a freelance gig <laughs> by the way dominic uh, speaking of speaking of freelance uh, my entire our entire production because of the way american companies work they give you a, a manpower count of like 40 you know better than me i'm sure and then they no, allow you to hire as many freelancers as you want but you cannot permanently hire more so you you can literally from a financial point of view it makes no sense because i've argued see i was omnipotent in the first two omnipresent in the first two years including accounts admin as i said we were a small tribe so i learned all the problems you know i, I learned with one vj you used to clean his socks you take 12 pairs of socks to five star hotel and the bill came it was like 400 rupees per sock per, per pair then it's about a thousand now and they were like appalled you know it's just things that you don't do it's almost like a crime um so you know so you, you realize that the freelancers suddenly became actually permanent freelancers So I grew up with all these guys. We did 15 years together. Many of them were not permanent cameramen, uh, sound guys. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't want to take names. But one guy passed away. He was one of my favorites. Um, passed away of COVID, and he's one year younger than me in age. And so we grew up together for 15 years there. And he used to be in charge of production, giving conveyance money out, right? And I live in South Bombay, mm-hmm. and uh, Tardio was our first uh, thing, and the second was Parel. So I was always closer to home if I went to office. So the conveyance money for me, he would told me, was always 200 rupees. And everybody else, you know, Saukar and Nikhil would get 400. So when we worked together, and we we're taking our conveyance, we were all cheapos. We all took our conveyance. Huh? Everybody came, however they came, and they took their conveyance. And then I would say, uh, so Nick, uh, you got 400 again. Still give me 200. Years later, the bugger tells me that it was 400 for everyone. There was no question of where you came from. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. yeah, I was scammed. So you lost your two hundred bucks, my guy. I lost. I worked the most. There's a lot of accounting there, but it was fun. I I got you know it's good memories, man. Again, this fun. You know, every time you keep saying it was fun, and I see it in your face. So, uh, and you're at the same time saying you worked a lot. So, why is working equated with fun in your case? No, so the working thing is just the physicality of it. Like early morning flights, we were a cheap uh, company. We had no money in the beginning and all that. So they would put us on that six o'clock morning flight to Delhi, for example, uh, which was twenty five percent off, and the ten thirty night flight back, which was twenty five percent off. I got a very strong middle class mind when it comes to money. You know, I remember all these things really well. And uh, we would break for lunch at four o'clock. So I actually had nothing to eat. Straight off the plane, go to Noida, start shooting some college. There's a show called MTVU University, uh, shooting all that stuff, and then and ten thirty at night, trying to make the flight on time, driving from. Noida, which by the way is far away from that Dwarka area, where the airport is more Gurgaon. Right. So if you know your Delhi, right. so it's you yeah, know, yeah, I'm... it's always a challenge. But that was it. So, the, so this, your, I was work was fun. I mean, talking to kids or you're shooting a you know a, a spoof or can't argue about that. Okay. So, so I've got and... I've got too many questions for you as this is going. Now you see the company is cutting costs, right? And you're going to be taking the hit because you're getting onto that six o'clock flight, and you're getting on the ten o'clock flight again. You said four o'clock you break for lunch, you're not getting time to eat. How did you feel towards the company? Did you feel like this is a stingy bullshit company, or this is what I got to contribute to my company? Because I'd I'd love to hear that. So when I'm when I'm shooting, uh, I just. Uh... Shot with Amazon and with Netflix, a uh, film, and I shot some ads, two ads actually, just before lockdown. And I'm, it's a long day, and I'm sitting in the trailer, and I, I, I remember those other days, and saying, "Now, come on, you've got a trailer, you've got a spot boy, you've got uh, all the cold drinks and food that you want. There's butter chicken coming from somewhere. There's naans coming from there. So I have to remember that if it's a 14-hour shift, the treatment is so good. So I think those early days were important, and a lot of the guys who are running TV today worked in that mid 90s, late 90s period. Uh, Deepak Dhar headed Endemol for some time, and you know everyone went somewhere. So um, all those guys suffered, and it was like it was almost like a college. So you did did the hard yards, and then you got the a much easier gigs now physically. I'm not saying otherwise, physically easier gigs. So uh, yeah, but at that time I would complain, but I was young. You didn't really feel it. No, but you still stayed with the company for 14 years. What other job was there? <laughs> Let's be frank. No, you, um, no, no, no. You it, mentioned so many other jobs that came your way, and you said no to them. Yeah, but Dominic, you so, also so. get a taste of public life. People start giving you more respect. Girls, uh, I've been going to. I, I'm a. I'm a bomber gym. Like you know, I'm part of the foundation there. And all our life, we, Friday night, we boys are out there trying to you know meet the girls, especially ones who come from outside and all that. Get nothing, and then suddenly you get known a little bit, and girls come and talk to you. Can you believe that? This is the guy who went to ghetto with you know we would be doing the Mahabharat eight guys and one girl and she'd take one of us in then she'd come back out five minutes later take the other one in I did all the South Bombay you have no idea how much struggle it was for upper class South Bombay boys <laughs> we really suffered and then suddenly you know girls started talking to me they they catch your eye I could see the difference you know guys would come and hang out with you older older men were always wanting you to come and hang around not in a dirty way 
to suddenly you know all that comes with the territory and then you get a taste of that and then it's a little difficult to get out of that because it's very different from a normal oh, but you were, even 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 the uh, you mentioned a movie that you said no to so i mean there was work coming up right there you was there was rampal verma called for uh, what was his film i can't remember the film it'll come back to me and my mother picked up who's hindi is really bad as bad as his and so she left me a note a written note because they had gone for dinner when i came home saying uh, three people called ram gopal and verma i'm not kidding <laughs> yeah, so i mean it was so many embarrassing moments i mean, you're making me remember they're coming back to my head but yeah Uh, so yeah, so then you get a taste of the public life and all that, the easy life. You don't have to pay for anything. And I, and and one thing you realize is wherever you go, strangers become friends faster. Like in the airport or in a hotel lobby or at an event. So um, yeah, so you know all these perks, intangibles. Are, are you fainting? Am I talking too much? No, no, my 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 phone my phone dropped off the this, and my wife is in the next room and she's giggling and laughing away at all your stupid jokes. Yeah, well, so uh, and, and I've got to take that up with her because I crack stupid jokes and she doesn't laugh that way. I told you strangers. And, I'm good with strangers. I'm terrible with the people I know. They hate me. I got no friends. But okay. Uh, so yeah. now, now, now I'm I'm going to throw this to the audience now because okay. I've hogged up a lot of the time. Uh, so I'm taking some questions which came up. Now one is from Romi Fortado. He says, "Why the star in that skin color T-shirt?" So I want that to be the opening question for the why, audience. Why? 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 What? Why is our star in the skin color T-shirt? So first, I want to clarify with Romi that I am not wearing a skin color T-shirt. This is a black T-shirt. I am not black. And the and other actor, the supporting the, actor, the, is, other, the supporting actor is uh, the Dobi is uh, on strike Cyrus, Cyrus because of the cyclone. Yeah, he wasn't able to dry the clothes because of the cyclone, so he's gone. But I've been okay. doing a live podcast for some time now, every day, and I just can't keep the shirt. I sweat in it because I talk a lot. I'm a hyper person, and then you know, just. So I've just given up. So I just check with the guest: Is it okay? If it's not okay, because you're only actually seeing this, I don't see the big deal. Yeah, yeah. If someone no, takes like over, said, a couple of people said, "Can you please wear a shirt?" My father watches, and or whatever that means. Like, does he get <laughs> Does he get dirty thoughts? Why? What's the problem? But whatever. Respect. We're Indians. You don't like it? Okay, fine. So I put on a shirt. Not a biggie. Okay. Just so don't ask me to lock my dog up. I, that's all. I, yeah, I'm going to give you a very serious question now. What is your advice to the young generation when it comes to choosing their career? Now, first thing I have to point out: the person obviously doesn't think you're young. Okay. So it's a question to you. What is your young generation? Uh, advice to the young generation. You know, when I was younger, the one career. thing I didn't want to hear is anybody else's voice. Honestly, I think they should firstly listen to their own. God, man, why do you want to listen to some old man farting around and telling you what he did in his day? No, 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 but still, 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 give us the advice. No, but what would you, you know, give? That, that, that is the advice, Dominic, because we always try to, you know, with age uh, decide ah, that we are that we are better and that we're going to show it, you the light. You know, what is the point lovely. of that? I so think your advice is don't listen to old people. No, free your mind and speak and do. Just go for it. That's all I would say. I would never. Why? Why would I know better than you? Deep down, most people just suffer from confidence crisis. If they believe in what they want to do, that's it. They don't need a, a guiding hand. I, what am I going to do? What am I going to bring to the party? I could be a life coach. I could try and help you from that point of view and say, bro, you're good. Uh, you know, things will work out for you. I'm always willing to do that. But I don't think we should advise other people because a, it's insincere and it's just a validation of yourself. It's like a guy in the gym who comes, you know, can't work out properly and goes and tells the kid, "Arey, yar, tu kaisa marta girl? Put your elbow in front." You know, don't talk rubbish. Just lift your own weights. Leave him alone. Don't talk yeah. nonsense. You're not friggin' Phil Heath or you know Brendan Curry or who's the present day uh, Mr. Olympia, the big Ramy. I'm sure Dominic, uh, since you lift weights, uh, you have some understanding. No, but no, 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 I don't what follow do these guys. Is... It gives me, it would give me why... a complex if I. Why do they need validation? Is what I'm saying. It only it, it, then the guy wants that all the time, right? I don't want to fall in that old man trap. I've decided not for me. So, so this uh, would so the next question would not be from your own experience. I'm guessing because starting as a child artist and moving up. So this question is from uh, Satyam. Uh, I won't give the full name, but how does one land their first gig? I have done everything, but haven't been able to convince or sell my product to anyone. I suppose product and service. There's a huge threshold it seems that one needs to overcome. This can be frustrating and makes you want to give up. so i'll just interpret it because you, yeah. uh, to to make sure you are we are on the same page yeah it may not be applicable to you to tell us about no no it is applicable to me it doesn't matter what he's talking about selling okay. a product or himself at the end of the day, uh, it's about success and failure see I, i'll tell you the difference ultimately there's just a moment or two in your life where things will work right so the rest of it is a, is a big struggle so if one thinks of it i think i may be wrong i think you just remember that you know just keep going for it and then one day something will happen it takes 5 minutes for your life to change literally when i think back if i didn't get into mtv or they didn't i mean i came out of that audition with all those good looking hunk men and with their long hair and rings and you know i'm here i am sweating as usual with my fat cheeks you know trying to be a smart aleck and wearing short pants i came out thinking god what a waste of time you know how embarrassing was that 
and then they call me in like Mumbai reach over they already started calling and you know so so that's just karma maybe to some extent or whatever my, but my point is that there's just a, there's a moment in everybody's life where things can happen so you got to remember five minutes later you could be a super success no matter how bad things are right now it takes five minutes for so the first product to sell for someone let, let's say it's a sales uh, pitch for for the guy to believe in you for that one guy to believe in you who's hugely connected and boom you're, you're all over the place and that literally is the story whether it's bill gates or anybody else it's just that one it's a one window that opens it, it's so you got to remember that window can open any time it's a romance of life is it not dominic so i love that because what you're saying is that you just have to keep at it and wait for that one window to open that's it what it may open early it may open late but it's bound to open bamini rani became a star 45 selling bloody wafers before that you know such a talented guy and then suddenly somebody <laughs> sees him in, in, in our play and then from there he moves on to something else and something else and before you know it within 2 years he's a hot property and earning crores of rupees and he's for someone who was struggling bills to pay 2 years back he had no money in his wallet he can tell you the story himself it, it it's 5 minutes it's just that one thing but but, but people lose self belief you know i think the support you know why people commit suicide is the same thing they don't have connections the support system around friends family and all that they don't you know push people we need more positive reinforcement that's why i hate the governments they need to do better it's too negative worry 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 lockdown 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 you got to push people more positively and say come on we can do it let's go and work a little let's earn some money let's do things i feel there's too much anxiety and negativity that's that's push that aside because that doesn't help so i think if you can be a good bra so a good support always, system <laughs> Have uh, you always been this way, or did you learn it? I don't. I'm not a wise man. Please don't confuse me and put put, put no, me on no, some no. pedestal. I'll get scared. This is no, no, no. This is a very, very today thing. You know, you know about being positive thinking and about being in the moment. Not for the sake of so being that. positive. I'm not talking about putting your chest out and screaming, "I'm the best. I'm the best." That's stupid. You'll just you'll just look like one of those Lokanwala models. You know, in the tight shirts that don't fit. You don't want to be that. I'm I'm saying that just believe in a sense of romance, just with women or men or whatever your love. This is romance is is universal, is holistic. If you don't have that romance in your soul, what's the point of doing anything in life? You got to believe that someday something is going to really work. And those guys do that. Those dreamers, you know, those dreamers are the ones that you know move society along. That's what I feel. The, the dreamers who, in their heart of hearts, sincerely believe, and they don't get worried when things don't work out. They just keep going. Uh, that's so it. They're living in their own dream world. Yeah, you could say that. You could say they're stupid, crazy, loco. You know, or the reality. You're sounding. So, but, you're sounding like the ad that uh, Steve Jobs made. Well, he learned from me. What can I say? He learned from the best. I, I, but, <laughs> but, but I, I just think that you know uh, the dreams are important. The, the dream has to be from you. You know, it's got to be your dream. That's all it's got to be. And, and you should. I don't think you should ever be perturbed about. So what if you don't succeed? What does it matter? You dreamed and you did your best, and then you died. Had a few drinks, met some nice girls, had a few dogs. They'll hopefully meet you if there is a heaven. And my only worry about heaven is that you know there won't be non-veg because you can't be killing. It doesn't make sense. It's paradoxical. Think about that. No, no chicken pasta. No all that. No pork with dalu. Yep, it's going to be thali. But God loves you. But coming back, so my positive thing is all I'm saying is that people should not lose hope. you got to i mean there'll be days which are terrible everybody knows that right now work is less blah 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 you're in the freelance business has got a certain sense of fragility insecurity fair enough but you know if you believe in yourself you know things just can happen and they do okay, okay so i either you question. paused or a, no, no. yeah yeah no, are you there I dominic paused. no i'm there i'm there can you hear me oh god what's happened one second dom 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 i'm i'm here i'm here can you hear me Okay, can you hear me now? Cyrus, come in. Oh, Cyrus, we've lost him. Uh, uh, okay, he's he's logged out, so he'll log back in. He'll come back in. So uh, while Cyrus comes back in, uh, so uh, we've really got. I'm I'm seriously saying this, but this is one of the best shows we've had. Uh, he speaks straight from the heart. Lovely, lovely guy to talk to, um, and. Uh, So yes, Daniel, I know you all can hear me. I'm worried that we've lost Cyrus, and uh, he'll probably sign back in. Till then, I maybe I can do a double roll of a. I ask the questions, and I only answer it. Um, maybe he's lost network. Just let me. So I think Cyrus has not lost network, but uh, my colleague Jervis is on it, and we'll get him back. Hang in there for some time, ladies and gentlemen. so uh, while we waiting for cyrus just to remind you collaborate is an app that we have built to you know connect uh, companies to uh, basically hospitality companies to liberated associates or what we call the giggers uh, 
uh, it's a very good platform. The challenge that people sort of seem to figure, feel is that, you know, freelance work is not serious work. And we've got Cyrus here talking to us about how he's built his career as a giga. Uh, something that maybe a few of you don't know is that I also started off as a gig worker. Uh, 14 years, no, 11 years I was into gig work before I started HTI, which is the company that's built the app. And even now and then, uh, there are some projects I take uh, aside from my own company that means on a one-to-one -one basis where I'm a, I work, I do a gig. So I've done gigs in Dubai, I've done gigs in uh, Maldives, I've done um, gigs within India. So it's, it's a fun place to be. And uh, what I find about gig work is uh, it, it exposes you to a lot of things. So, you know, you get not only get exposure in one particular field or domain, you get exposure in many domains. It depends on where you want to freelance, right? So, for example, as a hospitality professional, I could, you know, do a gig in, let's say, a travel in the, in the travel industry. I could do a gig, uh, which I did. I did it in the printing industry. And I used to also do a lot of article writing, that is, technically speaking, journalism, and even get paid for it at times. So, it was not always, honestly speaking, that I got paid, but you got the exposure. Uh, you also got the uh, what? How would you call it? The uh, the the exposure as well as the contacts in that industry, which then help you in your own industry. So let me just check once again what's happening with Cyrus while I chat you all up. This is what I like about the world. It's called the VUCA environment, by the way. I'll give you some gyan. It's called the VUCA environment: volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. So uh, it keeps changing, you know, and uh, you, you don't know what's coming next. And a lot of people don't like it. And I tell them that it's like, you know, uh, life is like an amusement park. You buy a ticket, you get in there, and then you got to enjoy the rides. But a lot of people have bought the ticket. I mean, life is the ticket. You bought the ticket, you got unlimited rides, but they then choose to opt out of this ride or opt out of that ride. Why? I mean, okay, you're afraid of a roller coaster, but there are people, you know, I mean, people are on the roller coaster, they're coming out alive. And yes, even if we do take ourselves too seriously, we're still not going to get out alive. And that's why, uh, you know, this talk with Cyrus has been so engaging because he, he's also saying the same thing. All right. Um, okay, so the technical issue persists while the team tries to sort it out. Would anyone like to unmute and maybe chat with me? Okay, so, so we've got a hand up there. That's Hitesh Chawala. So, Hitesh, I've allowed, uh, unmuted you. Would you like to ask something? You'd have to unmute yourself now. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to I wanted to ask a question to Cyrus. Okay, go ahead. So, basically, okay, you, you know, when ask, the... Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I can ask you also. Go ahead. So, the way he spoke about his life, you know, he did this, that. But I said, he had seen struggles in life. He has, I think, taken it with a pinch of salt, I would say. The way he described all his struggles from his school days about his MTV and all. So you're saying that although he had struggles, he's, he's feeling that he didn't have struggles. If I see him, I say that he didn't have any struggles. But obviously he would have had. Yeah, obviously he had, but it, we don't come to know. Na? You have a point there, so I'll throw that to him when he comes in. Yeah. Like right now, he's struggling to get in, and I'm, I will ask him if he if he felt the pain of getting in. <laughs> be a googly. I I'm sure he would be having some some stupid reason for that. <laughs> I like we say some stupid reason because uh, in fact yesterday when we asked him for four, I don't know if you all saw the video, we asked him for four things that uh, he wish he knew. Um, that he knows today that he wished he knew earlier. Um, and it was, it was very amusing. He said uh, one of the things that he realized is you can't steal puppies. He didn't know that earlier. You can't steal puppies because it's a crime. Um, so apparently he's clicking on the link, but it's not allowing him in. And uh, so we've got uh, Narsiman uh, and Stevio. I've unmuted you all. From my end, you are allowed to speak if there's something you would like to add or question. Yeah, this is Narasimhan. Narasimhan, go ahead. I, I thought of asking uh, uh, Cyrus if he could come back. How 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 was the time when he got uh, locked out 
from the show how was his mood and how quickly he can get back into the groove as okay. it happened before to him lovely i like that question it's something that we should throw at him yeah thank you yeah so so we'll keep you here uh, while we try to get cyrus in so if he comes in we'll put your question first to him thank you thank so you that, yeah and save you Maybe you got something to say? Sorry, I'm oh, sorry. The yes. other, yeah. There, there is yeah, there is Stevio who's put his hand up, and I've allowed sure. him to talk. Sure, sure. So, uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, Hello? but you're sounding like you're in outer space. I'm on my veranda, though, and it's pretty cool out here. Ah, sure. Is your veranda on Mars? Not yet. Not yet. I wish I can. <laughs> okay. uh yeah something i've got a question which is partly answered by uh, uh, cyrus uh, you know it was like with you know time when times like these when we have down and you know, suddenly you're working in a corporate world and suddenly you would see that in eight nine months you know you are nowhere nowhere which is partly obviously answered by uh, uh, Cyrus saying that you know you have to have a good support system and just be filled with hope uh, can you add something to it probably you know to keep us going see i'll tell you uh, so stevio uh, your voice is breaking a lot but i uh, what i got to know from you is you're saying you had a corporate job and suddenly you're thrown out into the open right so the, see the, uh, the the way i look at it is actually uh, we have a false sense of security all of us okay mm, uh, mm. i think cyrus is back in but he's showing a storm costume i'm just guessing that cyrus um uh storm is that you or is that cyrus one of you i mean it would you would have to unmute anyway and there are more and more storm costumes showing up so this uh, yeah that is definitely cyrus trying to log in Anyway, so Stevio, the uh, Cyrus comes in and uh, see the thing is we all have what is called a false sense of security, or a, yes. a, you know a belief that we actually control the universe. We think you know I look after my family. We think I, this is my take. Huh? We look after our kids. We look after our parents. Bullshit! You are not looking after anybody. You can't even look after your own self. Okay, that is the truth. But we get this belief. and then you have all these advertisements that tell you secure your life you're not securing your life i mean it, it you're actually securing your death you're just saying that if i die then the money goes to my kids so this all this marketing and all this uh, crap that comes at us from uh, all over where we start believing we are in control we are not in control okay mm-hmm. what we have to realize is you are only in control of one thing and that is your mind and that too you are losing when you start trying to control what is outside so the minute you try to control the outside the one thing that you had control of was your mind that too you have lost control of you have no way of controlling what happens in the atmosphere right whether it, when and when i'm saying atmosphere i'm talking about let's say the oceans rising in the form of a tsunami you can have a cyclone coming you have no control but we think that oh i'm powerful i'm sensible i'm smart i can do this i can do that bullshit you can't do shit okay people are investing their money with certain companies i'm thinking oh that company is going to earn and give me why will that company earn and give you oh because they promised it that is your stupidity you're believing some lies that somebody tells you a company comes and tells you listen you got a permanent employment boss that company itself is not permanent what their employment they're going to provide you which is permanent now yeah, once we start building us our security our self sense of security on these false premises then when we are constantly worried that these false promises will collapse because at a heart we know that they are not stable now what we have to actually do is look within ourselves find out like cyrus said what are you good at believe in it yes. you, we go he when we somebody asked him that you know uh, can you advise us he said why do you want someone else's advice you think one old fart is going to advise you now that is what we are doing we are building it up and not only are we doing this the damage is not just there trust me the damage is we are telling our children and our grandchildren and the next generations to start believing in this stupid uh, secure, sense of security now when you have a person like cyrus and one of the reasons why i asked him how is his family and supportive etc you see although he said his dad was worried but i'm sure his dad did support him 
when he said his mom said you know when you come back from uh, meeting bill clinton did you put off the geezer i'm sure yeah. his mom instilled in him a sense of belief and he also got to hang around with people like you know the the arts one of the beauty of the arts is they actually instill in you all the arts whether it is theater whether it's painting a sense of self belief which is like yeah the art is the thing it's not the money it's not the fame that comes with it you just immerse yourself in that art and the rest follows so whether it was michael angelo or any of these guys some of them you'll you'll see that they have lived a lot of their time or a lot of their life in poverty okay and then they have come out of it it is just following that belief and again going back to what cyrus said that is 5 minutes that will change your world but do you have that belief until that 5 minutes happens do you have that consistency until that 5 minute happens wow okay yes sir so thank you so much like to say yeah. yeah it was just reiterated what you said and that's what probably i wanted to hear today and uh, cyrus had has been phenomenal you know i have been uh, trying to follow him when <laughs> in my youth days and uh, thank you dominic for shedding a lot of light on that probably that's what i needed to hear today god bless thank you bro yeah thanks and uh, just want to add like you no know, we share uh, same school uh, I, i was in uh, alleria oh yeah, yeah i know about this yeah yeah right you 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 were yeah, so and uh, you are in touch with my team for collaborate app also right yes yes exactly you know and that's when you know in during school days they always used to motivate us you know we we, didn't, we had nothing you know and that's what uh, the self belief but They always, always uh, uh, encaptured in that uh, belief on you. So yeah, thank you, thank you to see you and giving me all these uh, knowledge. Thank you, thank you. So this, uh, this uh, Blaze Costabir also from Salvation School, by the way, and he has given uh, put up a uh, this which I'll read out, and then I think we'll move to close the session. So super answer by Cyrus. Young people must follow their heart. his attitude to struggle is like a mother who does not remember the pangs of childbirth beautiful the joy of mothering outweighed the pain so that also answers you hitesh uh, where uh, uh, blaze says that the joy of mothering the child outweighs the pain of actually bearing the child coming from a male i think that's lovely and uh, blaze by the way happens to be my elder brother and also a very successful entrepreneur uh, he runs a couple of factories in uh, plastic molding and is also the president of cii so uh yep yeah i had muted myself so i've got cyrus on the line on the telephone line and i'm going to interpret or rather translate his question and answers to you all so this gives me a little leeway to you know change his answers if i want and also to mute him when i don't want uh, cyrus you with me so there's a question from hitesh i'm going to give you just two questions and then we'll move uh so hitesh says that you obviously went through a lot of struggle and pain right uh but you you sound like you didn't go through any struggle and pain uh, i'm going to put you on loudspeaker here got that i could not hear your answer myself because uh, when i put uh, this but anyway as long as the audience gets your answer okay so now we are going to ask you another question which came as a googly yeah. some somebody asked i'm forgetting narshiman narshiman wanted to know how did you feel when you were locked out of the program and how are you, how quickly can you get back your balance is the question oh i get very upset because i'm a challenge so on my mind red track traffic I can't. I lose my tempo while driving. I, I've got road rage for sure. Can't bear that. And uh, I'm very bad with technology, so I, I'm dependent on lockdown on my daughter for any little thing. I really struggle, and I have no confidence. And I start crying, sweating, and I get aggressive and I abuse a lot. So these last ten minutes have been a trauma. About how when you get rejected by girls or boys or whatever your gender or whatever your gender preference is, um, after a few of them, even you understand that they're personally not interested in you. 
So I'm going to Cyrus. The thing is, I'm cut out of this conversation now because the audience can hear you, but I can't. Okay. But anyway, as long as they're getting their answers. Now, one last question before we close the show. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How does one start off as a stand-up comedian? And I promise you, I didn't ask this question. Although I want to start off as a stand-up comedian. So now, uh, now there is a path, okay. But in my generation, there was honestly there was no path. So you just did everything, TV, radio, whatever work you got, plays, or voiceovers. Voiceovers came very well, Dominic. I don't know if you can hear or not. Uh, my first voiceover, I think, was Ooh, ah, ouch, I did only really Ooh. Oh, ah, I can't remember for Iodex. I was 10 grand back in the 90s. Timo was 10 grand set for saying Ooh four times. And then I actually said things like, uh, uh, no expression, please. You know, use more expression in the Ooh or whatever. It's hilarious. They're getting, uh, but, um, uh, coming back to the, the, the whole thing, right now you, they've got to start set up in the four or five big cities where you basically do am, am, uh, amateur nights, uh, make an interview yourself, playing small places like bars, etc. Then you make your YouTube videos, your Insta videos, and you push yourself out there, and then because you're able to recognize it. And again, in this six, five minutes, one thing goes viral, or somebody notices it, or somebody in the business likes you, even if you don't have numbers. And then suddenly you, know, you get elevated. So now there's a sort of system in place. But uh, then, I the good thing is you can do it as a freelance uh, while you're doing your other, other stuff as well, whatever you're doing for a living. Okay. So I'm going to have to listen to the recording on that answer, but now I've figured out a way of listening to you. I just, I mean, I said that you're the sexiest beast I've ever said, I've ever met, and I agree, agree, privilege, honor to know you. That's all I said. It's very clear. You can check the recording. Okay. So now the, uh, the last part that I want to ask you is, uh, one, see, I know you said earlier you didn't want to give advice and sound like an old man or something. But yeah. give me some advice for the, I mean, give some advice to the people and that came up while you were offline, like how to stay motivated in this uh, demotivating environment. I gave, I'm glad you didn't hear it. So now you give yeah. a demotivating environment. For me, I'm really happy with the small things in life. So I just try to focus and make sure I can walk my dog, lift my weights, you know, uh, eat the food that I like. I think those little pleasures that make you happy have to be done to keep you going. So I, I think we should just focus on that. And I'm very angry with the governments of the world and us for not being more positive with the right people. You know, it's just too negative the approach. And, and, and the media, right, to me, it's been horrible. So I totally understand where it's coming from. So we need to just push away the negativity. If you're going to die, you're going to die anyway. If you're going to go, you're going to go anyway. <laughs> I don't see the point of wasting time. Just get I think, I think that that's what we need to do right now. Um, of course, we want to actually stick and all, not to be insensitive to someone who's suffering. But I, I just think that we could really be a little more militant about being positive in this period. You know, being more. And discipline really helps. So if you like doing things, do those things, whatever they are. Whether it's the walk in the garden or painting uh, your nails or my friend Kunal does a lot of, you know, what's uh, that thing where you remove hair and French. So he removes hair from different body parts that keeps him happy. So whatever keeps you happy, it's, uh, Victor Frankl's manifest remaining always plays a part. So I Auschwitz, uh, only, if you make a guy know that if you have meaningfulness in your life, you'll survive anything. So you've got to find a meaningfulness. Uh, and I think the meaningfulness can be a small thing. Love for your wife, uh, love for your connection with your animals, your dogs, your plants, or uh, playing the piano. Uh, someone who wants to just be heard as a comedian again, waiting to explode. So that's Cyrus for you, Cyrus Unleashed, and I'm going to uh, uh, close this um, session now with a big thank you to Cyrus. Put this off, uh, speaker. Sorry, Cyrus, one second. Go ahead. No, I didn't get that, but. So, as long as the audience got it, it was for the audience, right? Yeah, 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 it was, it was. 
I just apologize for the tech issues. Okay, so guys, there's a message for y'all in the way this session has gone. You see, things didn't turn out the way we planned, right? We still went ahead with the show. We still had fun. And whether it's successful, failure, we've got to have a smile. Cyrus, I'm sure, is smiling out there. Despite him not getting to show his six-pack abs, uh, his well-toned body. And uh, one thing that Cyrus and I... I mean, Cyrus and I have a lot Can you hear me here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my phone went for a toss, Cyrus, and thankfully it didn't break. Or I'd have to send you the bill for that. Anyway, so the, uh, the, the the we've got a lot in common, me and Cyrus. We both got eyes, we got ears, uh, we got two legs still, and we both enjoy putting on weight and not losing weight. Anyway, so on this note, thanks, Cyrus, for being on the show. It's been great having you here. I've uh, been hosting the show for 15 uh, weeks now. And I've never had any compliments, but bugger, you've got so many compliments. I don't want to read them out to you. But uh, there are people who are saying you're a true motivator. Someone saying, I want to speak to Cyrus. Someone saying, uh, you know, your energy and uh, the countless hours he spent in front of the television watching you. Um, so you've got a, quite a few compliments. I'm not going to get, go into the details of it because it's pretty funny. And there's someone saying, please get him more often and stuff like that. So I, I don't want to deal with you anymore. I can't handle this. <laughs> so, see, because, see, because I, I'm a lot better than you, man. I'm a comedian. I'm a born comedian. Like I told you, when I get up on stage, everybody just laughs. I don't get to open my mouth also. Anyway. Great having you, buddy, and God bless. Keep rocking. Thank you all for yep. signing in. Thank you for your patience. Uh, believe in yourself. That message from Cyrus. Find a cause. Yep. Find meaning. Keep following it. God bless. Keep rocking. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.